Talking benefits. 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 Talking. Talking. Talk a little bit about benefits. Yeah, benefits. Talking benefits. You're listening to Talking Benefits, the podcast brought to you by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans. Every month, we dive into retirement, healthcare, hot topics and trends, and whatever else the benefits industry throws at us. I'm Justin Held. I'm Ann Patterson. I'm Julie Stick. And I'm Kelly Colesrude. Now let's talk benefits. Welcome back, everyone. We hope that after our last episode, you've all found at least one way to improve your sleep. And hopefully it's not by listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I hope the babies cooperated and, and you and Justin got some sleep last time. Yeah. <laughs> Light improvement, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, today we're t- taking a look at a different challenge facing us during the pandemic. That's right, Kelly. So we recently surveyed employers and plan sponsors about benefit communication for an upcoming survey report. And there were tons of responses that came in about making open enrollment virtual this year in light of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, since a lot of you are probably in the same digital boat, we thought that we make virtual open enrollment our topic for this episode. Well, communication is important, whether open enrollment is happening in person or online. So let's start out with some reminders on effective communication tips for open enrollment. Later, we'll dig into some ideas that we've heard from our members on what's working effectively for them this season. It's a weird year for everything, and open enrollment is no exception. The cover story for the August issue of our magazine, called Benefits Magazine, is entitled Communicate Your Way to a Successful Annual Enrollment, and it emphasizes the importance of frequent communication during the open enrollment season. So if you have great new or modified benefit offerings, but your employees don't understand them or know about them, your workers will not make use of and appreciate the value of their full benefit package. Kelly, I love that the Benefits Magazine article starts out with the idea of empathy. So it's really important to first figure out what your employees' pain points might be before jumping into your open enrollment communication. So we're obviously we're in a recession. Employees are worried about work-life balance, safety at work, unemployment challenges, their job security, rising healthcare costs. Plus, it's an election year. So as an employer, it's really important to show that you're putting their health, safety, and well-being first. That's right, Anne. As you kind of said, uh, employees are coming from all different places, uh, especially this year. So uh, make sure to be mindful of different family situations or changes that might have occurred over the past few months. If you've been surveying staff throughout the pandemic, you probably have a little bit of a pulse already on what changes have occurred. So these insights might help you shape your communication differently and more effectively. Well, another way to gain insight is to chat with managers who typically have their fingers on the pulse of the employees who report to them and have a good sense of employee concerns. With that in mind, as you put together your annual enrollment communications, remember you're writing to everyone And many do not understand all the acronyms and jargon associated with benefits information that we all like to use all the time. That's right, Kelly. Our recent survey, Trends in Benefit Open Enrollment and Communication, asked respondents to rate their participants' understanding of the current benefit offerings of their organization. Overall, about 15% of respondents rate their participants' understanding of their health benefits as somewhat or very low. 
while 34% rate their understanding as very or somewhat high. Moving on to retirement benefits, 17% rate their participants' understanding as low, while 34% rate it high. And finally, uh, respondents rated their participants' understanding of other benefits. Uh, this might be time off benefits, disability benefits, things like that. Uh, so 10% rated their understanding of these types of benefits as low, while 48% rated it as high. Yeah, that's a good reminder, especially with this new data, that it's critical that benefits messaging is very basic, very clear. Another tip that we've found from other studies throughout the last few years is that communication is more effective coming from senior leadership. So it's important that leaders incorporate open enrollment reminders into their updates so employees are hearing it from a variety of sources. That's right. So go easy on the jargon. Uh, have your leaders communicate. Uh, what are some other tips? Well, I wanted to share some good tips that were offered in May during our virtual conference called Case Studies in Annual Open Enrollment. One of the session speakers, Ann Sperling, suggested that employers talk to their employees about what's worked well over the past year and what didn't work well. And that's a good way to frame the conversation about any plan design changes. So this way, employees will feel more like their concerns are being heard and addressed specifically. Well, and Ann Sperling also talked about using lots of pictures and images throughout any presentation to make it more interesting and engaging and tapping into the different employee learning styles that may be across your population. Also, don't be afraid to throw in a couple memes or videos if that would work. I love a good meme, especially these days. Um, so we've <laughs> we all could use a little humor, you know, to lighten things up. Exactly. So we've talked about this tip before, but using stories and examples is really helpful, especially when explaining new benefits or changes that have been made in response to the coronavirus pandemic? Well, during the same May virtual conference, another speaker, Paula Krupa, shared a couple of tips that I found especially interesting. The first is tied to what you just mentioned, Anne, and actually what you mentioned too, Kelly. Paula stressed that the tone of open enrollment communication should, as always, reflect a company's culture. But this year, she pointed out that humor may be a good tack if it's appropriate, but maybe not. And maybe this year, there should be more of a serious tone, depending on what your company and employees are dealing with. What was the other tip from Paula that uh, caught your ear? Paula also suggested that usually it's a good idea to tout the competitiveness of your company's benefits when talking to your employees about them. She suggested that this year, maybe it's a better idea to not, as she put it, pump up the value of your benefits, but instead focus more on what the benefits are, how they work, and how they can help your employees. Yeah, and this goes back to the idea of simplifying the message and sharing just very basic information. Well, let's shift a little bit and talk about communication channels. In earlier episodes, we talked about how crucial it is to communicate in a variety of ways to make sure you really reach all your employees. We mentioned learning styles a couple of minutes ago, but it's also a matter of addressing the variety of media employees turn to for updates. So you need to make use of email, text messages, social media, videos, or maybe even a mobile app. And of course, mail to employees' homes if your company's budget allows for that. 
So often employers will kick off open enrollment with an in-person all staff meeting for frontline essential workers who are still reporting to the job site every day. This may still work if the employer can incorporate safety precautions, including social distancing, of course, for other types of workplaces where employees are now working from home, the all staff open enrollment meeting will be virtual this year. So maybe it's one big meeting announcing all the news and changes. Employers can decide to hold the meeting once, answer questions, and then record it so that those who couldn't participate live can watch it when they can and then ask questions later if they have them. Or employers can repeat the meeting once or twice, incorporating answers to questions that they received during that first meeting. Both of these tactics have pros and cons. Having a few live meetings allow for questions from all, but they can also run the risk that the message isn't consistent from one meeting to the next. That's right, Anne. Another option, rather than one large meeting where all the news and changes are shared at once, uh, there could be a series of meetings uh, offering that information in kind of smaller bite-sized chunks. Either way, it's a good idea for the team presenting these meetings to uh, do a little dry run first because practice makes perfect. Yes, that's right. So in her session, Ann Sperling actually talked about the importance of practicing the presentation and then anticipating employee questions and how you might answer them. And Anne, while we're speaking of anticipating employee questions, it might be a good idea for the presenter at the beginning of the question and answer period to remind employees that the meeting is being recorded and suggest that employees refrain from asking personal questions during the meeting. These types of personal questions can be handled in private meetings afterwards. That's a good point. And uh, something else you might want to consider, uh, if you work for a smaller organization, uh, perhaps this year you could offer one-on-one -on -one virtual sessions with each employee to explain the changes that are being made. Yeah, that's a good idea. Employers can offer this option as a way to answer questions about changes or how to fill out forms, for example. A question that was asked during Ann Sperling's session was about substantially significant benefit changes for 2021. What if an employer had a large change already planned for that year? Then COVID hit, right? Ann suggested that maybe an employer would want to delay the change if they could, but if they can't or would prefer not to, she encouraged starting communications about the change even earlier than usual, perhaps a series of small messages. Don't wait until the open enrollment kickoff meeting. Start sooner with that. Those are great tips, Julie. Thank you. So I'm just going to quickly shift gears here and take a little bit of a deeper dive into that research study that we had mentioned before, Trends in Benefit Open Enrollment and Communication. So just starting off with some general benchmarking data, which uh, will help kind of frame this open enrollment conversation, 77% of our responding organizations say that they start their open enrollment period in, in either October or November. And these enrollment periods uh, typically last two or three weeks on average. And to address the open enrollment process and COVID-19 specifically, we found that 43% of respondents have made a change to their overall benefits communication channels because of the pandemic, while 21% have changed their open enrollment process. Employers are realizing in this, as in everything, they need to be flexible. 
And about 75% of our responding organizations have participants make their enrollment changes completely online, with an additional 12% giving workers the choice between filling things out online or doing physical hard copy changes. This isn't necessarily a new phenomenon. Most of the organizations that offer online enrollment have been doing so for several years. So over 90% of respondents have been offering virtual enrollment for two or more years, and then 39% have offered this option for six years or more. That's interesting. So in this new study, we also asked organizations what their most effective communication methods have been, and their answers were clear. First and foremost, uh, providing simplified materials, such as a brochure, uh, summary documents, or uh, FAQ documents. Uh, It's also helpful to give employees access to enrollment specialists, use specialized videos, present personalized scenarios, such as someone going through a specific life stage, and of course, providing extra training and resources for your human resources staff who are going to be conducting that open enrollment process. And related to these enhanced communication strategies, if you're going to use them, you may need a specific budget for these processes. And while bringing up the topic of budgets, the survey showed that about half of responding organizations have a communication budget specifically for open enrollment. In addition, 12% of respondents have increased those budgets in the past year, which may be especially helpful to deal with enrollment for this unusual year. Finally, we asked responding organization the key topics that they are addressing specifically due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Key topics include telehealth and telemedicine benefits, employee assistance programs or labor assistance programs for our multi-employer friends, healthcare benefits, mental health benefits, flexible work arrangements, and wellness programs. So this serves as a nice reminder to make sure that um, all these topics are addressed in your communications. We will be back after this short break. Thanks to virtual conferences from the International Foundation, you can access our best programming from the comfort of your home or office or home office. Virtual conferences are valued at more than $4,000, but the registration fees are a fraction of that amount. Better yet, you can become a VIP member and get all 2020 past and future virtual conferences for free. And that would include the case studies in annual open enrollment that we've been talking about in this episode. How do you become a VIP member, Kelly? That sounds fancy. All you have to do is join the foundation or renew your existing membership for 2021 by September 30th, 2020, Head to ifebp.org slash VIP to get started. Awesome. This sounds like a huge value as we all work together to navigate the unknowns ahead. You bet. International Foundation Education can help you through it all. And we're back. We're going to share some great ideas we've been hearing from employers about going virtual for open enrollment this year. As part of the aforementioned survey, respondents provided us with some great benchmarking data about open enrollment, but they also provided some great anecdotes about their best practices in tackling open enrollment in these unprecedented times. One responding organization is making the bold move to a completely virtual enrollment process, even for their retiree population, So in the past, they've hosted 18 live benefits fairs across their state, 
but now they're shifting that to 30 virtual events. And these events will be hosted at different times of the day and week so that they can reach a wider audience. Another responding organization is moving their annual benefits fair completely online and is actually scaling back the amount of information that they're communicating to their participants so as not to overwhelm them. Well, and another organization shared their big changes with us. In the past, they conducted open enrollment meetings on site for each of their locations with multiple meetings scheduled across a few days to cover all three work shifts. But this year, they decided to go with passive enrollment for everything except flexible spending accounts. Respondents noted that they are also working more closely with their vendors to prepare materials for participants. So this includes standard videos for participants, but also carving out time for group and one-on-one sessions between the vendor and participants directly. HR and benefits staff are also using group and one-on-one sessions with employees because workers are no longer able to just drop by the HR office to get their questions answered. Another interesting takeaway is that this pandemic has forced us to kind of go back in time and send materials and instructions by mail. With large percentages of employees still working from home, some employers have found this to be a necessity. Well, these are all great ideas. It seems like virtual open enrollment can be what you make of it. You're right, Julie. And it's You have to remember, it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. Just like any benefits communication, you have to tailor it to your employee demographics and your company culture. And like so much with the pandemic, we're finding the need to be flexible and to try new things. Yeah, and maybe this year will spur some new creative approaches that shape how open enrollment is done in the future. Good point, Anne. And here's hoping open enrollment season will go smoothly for everyone this year. 2020 has been a doozy of a year, and we could all use a smooth sail. So that is going to do it for this month's episode. If you're looking for more resources, please watch for the survey report that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Trends in Benefit Open Enrollment and Communication. It will be released free to all members in September. Also, check out episode 29 of this podcast from last year, last September, In this episode, the podcast team tackled common open enrollment questions. So it's a good one to listen to for another reminder this year. And before we go, we want to give our thanks to Ann Sperling and Paula Krupa once again for sharing their expertise in the International Foundation's Open Enrollment Virtual Conference. You may recall that last episode, we gave a listener shout out to Paula's husband, Ron, so we didn't want Paula to feel left out. Apologies in advance if we started up a household rivalry during quarantine. And thank you all for listening as well. We'll be back in your podcast feed soon. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. And subscribe to the show in your podcast app so that our episodes will automatically appear on your mobile device. Talking Benefits is a production of the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, the largest educational association for those working in the benefits industry. If you're into benefits, check out all the International Foundation has to offer at ifebp.org. Our show is hosted by Justin Held, Kelly Colesrud, Ann Patterson, and me, Julie Stick. Produced by Rose Pleba and Stacey Van Alstein, and edited by Amanda Gilsmer. 
Today's program is copyrighted in 2020 by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and not to be used as legal counsel. So, insert something funny here. Well, we could say something like, um, let me pay attention again. <laughs> and can you say your fancy line again? So we missed fancy. Yeah, we need more fanciness.